0: This is the Gallagher Grand Prix of Indianapolis, Felix Rosenquist of Arrow McLaren SP on the left-hand side of your screen, starting from the pole with Alexander Rossi. Let's go racing at the brickyard. Picture perfect start. Two
1: wide all the way down, but now four wide into turn one. Who's that? McLaughlin,
0: Joseph or Duh- sending that off the inside. And Lungard in that red and white car on the inside. He's come from six to four with oh, the spin-up. Pato and Alar- Pato award, one of the championship contenders. Marcus Erickson okay getting You're through here? there. Sounds like he may have stalled the I car. got hit and
1: I stalled. Sounds like he got hit from behind and he stalled. They're still going two by through the chicane. Tough to get through there, Dale. Ready to green, go. Green, and green. here we go. And there you see push to pass seconds remaining. It's been Colton Heard of the third place car. That black and yellow Gainbridge car has been on the button a lot so far, almost 25% of his total usage, they get 200 seconds here we for the go. races, Rossi goes to
0: inside, the outside. inside, and blows it, runs a little wide, Alexander Good Rossi job, and here on the outside comes his teammate Colton Herder. up to second It went from bad to worse as he stalled leaving pit lane, and here we go, McLaughlin now on those alternates, going by our pole sitter Felix Rosenquist into turn one Tell you what, this guy is on the move, McLaughlin is on a mission, he was frustrated yesterday, he was a little bit kind of bemused and, and confused as to why he couldn't find the speed in qualifying but boy he's got the race pace and the leader is in scott mclaughlin stayed out long this is going to be his primary run this is the less preferred tire it's more durable but not nearly as fast mclaughlin is back out but that was a strong stint uh, oh look out Trouble for a multi time winner here, Simon Pagano. And they're out of fuel, guys. Oh. They just came on the radio and said, We're going to run out of fuel. You got to save. They didn't make it. Oh, no.
1: As the green flag is out. Dust is flying. And Colton herder with a monster jump
0: on his teammate Rossi. Drama's here for Colton Herta. What's happened to the Gamebridge Honda? Oh, no. The race leader we saw that bodywork damage from the contact with Will Power on right, lap can you, one can you keep going can you keep going a couple of really interesting things happening big oh. hit there he did hit the curb he, awfully hard he sure did i wonder that seemed very timely
1: hate going on through the field this is connor daly going to the outside of turn 12 making the long way around this looks a lot like grosjean and rossi at mid ohio DiFrancesco. francesco on the inside
0: here he is leaders in need a money stop here they've talked about how their pit crew needs to be perfect here today they're going to need it again Uh, used red going on for rossi here trying to win for the first time in 49 races kevin gap's gone from three and a half seconds down to 2.3 back out to over four. what's going on there in the left rear Uh -uh. uh-oh uh-oh Alexander Rossi ends a three year drought and is an IndyCar race winner again, the first time at the Brickyard on the road course. He's won on the big track at the big race, the Indianapolis 500. Rossi is now a winner
1: on the Brickyard road course. You don't see him going crazy in the cockpit. What I see is exhale,
0: you know, relief. Great job, boys, great job. And here he is, finally a winner again in the NTT IndyCar series. Watch the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix, Sunday, August 7th at 3 p.m. on NBC.
2: And with that, good evening, race fans, and welcome to another edition of the Push to Pass podcast. I am Derek Vance. And it is a treat to uh, be with you again uh, this evening. And what a uh, lineup that we have in store for you. Uh, obviously, tonight we're going to recap uh, the race that you just seen there. Uh, the Gallagher Grand Prix out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, road course. And then after we uh, recap that, I'm going to bring in a, uh, an amazing dude. I had the opportunity to uh, meet uh, this weekend out at uh, IMS uh, he is part of the Indie Boys podcast. Uh, we've had uh, Justin on before, uh, but tonight uh, Tristan Griner is going to uh, be joining us uh, to discuss, uh, you know, why he got into journalism, uh, why he uh, why he's gotten into IndyCar and other forms of racing, and then uh, give his recap on what he's seen this past weekend out at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course, and then uh, previewing the. Uh, Uh, big machine music city grand prix in the streets of nashville uh this weekend and then also too i will give you a little bit of preview as well of that race the uh, the big machine uh music city grand prix in the uh Uh, street course there in downtown nashville which uh, by the way uh, push to pass podcast is going to be uh, covering that race in its entirety uh, from tomorrow to sunday so uh, pay attention to the push to pass uh, podcast um, social media which you see down below on the screen uh, for all race updates and then right before we get on out of here we get some news and notes and then uh, mike From Bet IndyCar, as always, is going to join us uh, to talk a little bit on the betting side, Uh, not only at the uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course last weekend, uh, but looking ahead to the uh, big music or big machine, rather, uh, Music City Grand Prix in the streets of Nashville. But uh, before we get to that, we do need to recap uh, last weekend's race at the, the IMS. Uh, road course as i mentioned the gallagher uh grand priest let's uh let's get into that and what a uh what a race uh, that we had uh out there last weekend uh alexander rossi uh, being able to snap his 49 race winless streak uh to uh capture the uh P1 at the Grand at the Gallagher Grand Prix again at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Road Course. Uh, Rossi won on the uh, road course on Saturday, uh, where uh, he actually won. If you think back back to 2016 in his victory in the 100th running of the Indianapolis 500, which, if you remember, it jump-started his American motorsport career. Uh, think back, uh, Alexander Rossi's last victory, if you believe this or not, was at Road America in the 10th race of the 2019 season. Yes, 2019. Uh, The driver of the number 27 Napa Auto Nation uh, Andretti Autosport Honda was in contention uh, for a podium from the outset of the race, uh, where, if you remember correctly, he started in P2. And then he ran, obviously, behind pole sitter uh, Felix Rosenquist of the number 7 Aero McLaren SP Chevrolet. And uh, also during the race as well, he ran behind uh, or in second place uh, for the race as well. Uh, teammate Colton Herta of the number 26 GameBridge Honda uh, at the halfway point of the rate of the 85 lap race uh, on the motors at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. That is where uh, Rossi took control of the race and didn't look back. Uh, quote, it was a relief, Rossi sighed on the victory podium. Uh, There's been support for me for so long. Uh, shout out to Andretti Autosport and their continued belief. Uh, we still got some more to go, but this was really a great track for us to do it at back home in Indianapolis. That was really amazing. The long slump led him to seek a fresh start. and the the California native will leave Andretti Autosport, if you remember, uh, at the end of the season, his seventh season, uh, to drive next year for Arrow McLaren SP. It was Michael Andretti who gave Alexander Rossi a shot in IndyCar when he was washed out of Formula One and returned to the United States seeking to continue his career. Rossi's surprise victory as a rookie in the celebrated 100th indianapolis 500 made him an instant star and earned him loyal loyal sponsorship uh, that has weathered this long drought uh, some of his issues in the last three seasons have been uh, team inflicted uh, errors mechanical failures and a full andretti team meltdown if you remember correctly earlier this month at mid ohio but saturday was hardly a perfect day for the organization uh colton Herta controlled the early part of the race but slowed uh, from the lead right before the halfway mark. Bounding over the infield curbs, uh Hertha's lead turned into a finish of P24 on lap 42 as he reported problems with his transmission. Quote, there's no gears, herta said as he crawled to a stop at the end of entry to Pit Lane. Quote, nothing I can do, he radioed as he continued to cruise his unpowered Honda back to pit lane. He later walked alone down pit road back to the paddock as the race continued without him. Quote, man, this is sad, Herta tweeted. We showed what we can do. We'll just have to keep going to try to win again. With Herta out of the frame, Rossi ran away with the race, earning his eighth career NTT IndyCar series win with ease in a relatively straightforward day ending with rookie Christian Lungard uh, who we will hear from later in the show uh, finishing a distant 3.5 seconds uh, behind the number 30 in the number 30 rather uh, Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing Honda uh, to compete a 1-2 the japanese manufacturer uh, rossi after the race sympathized uh, with uh, teammate colton heard a quote i do feel for colton i do but i'm thankful something finally came our way rossi said i think colton was definitely strong and we have plenty much of the same race car and that battle would have been interesting but it was the 27th turn and that is awesome uh, meanwhile andretti rookie delvin de francesca Drew the ire if you caught this on the radio of Connor Daly as temperature temp, tempers flared when Delvin, uh, when DeFrancesca rather ran Daly off the track. Quote Delvin needs to be kicked out of this racing series, he is an idiot. End quote. Uh, Daly screamed over the radio. Uh, there has been speculation that Michael Andretti is reconsidering bringing DeFrancesca. D. Back for a sophomore season. Uh, Lungard, a rookie from Denmark who made his IndyCar debut in this race just one year ago, uh, finished P2, giving Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing its first podium of the season. Uh, quote from uh, Lungard, second I think this team deserves every bit of that. And rounding out the top three, uh, Will Power, who finished third for the team Penske and Chevrolet driver, cycled back to the top of the IndyCar standings for the third time this season. He now holds a nine-point lead over Indianapolis 500 winner Marcus Erickson, who started and finished P11. So let's get to the standings here. Uh, after the race and then we'll get to uh, driver uh, interviews and then we'll bring in our first guest. So as you see the drivers, the uh, finishing standings rather up on uh, up on your screen. Uh, Let me get to another tab here real quick and we will run them down for you. It was uh, Alexander Rossi, Christian Lungard willpower Scott McLaughlin, Joseph Newgarden, uh, renus VK, uh, Graham Hall, Scott Dixon, Felix Rosenquist, and Alex Pillow rounding out the top 10. Then it was Marcus Erickson, Pato Award, David Malukas, Callum Eilat, Takuma Sato, Roman Grosjean, uh, Connor Daly, Delvin DeFrancesca, uh, Elio Castroneves, and Jack Harvey rounding out to number 20. 21, Dalton Kellett, uh, Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Kirkwood, Colton Herda, and ending 25th was simon pagino so that is your full field uh, rundown of the gallagher grand prix at the indianapolis motor speedway uh, road course let's get to some of the interviews that we were able to pick up post race uh decent race like uh, unfortunately we started so far back that you know even the strategy of uh, you know switching it up didn't really work and you know, everybody might have jumped on the same thing. We had good pace, good speed, car was good over the long run, um, managed 8 which is uh, decent for the point
0: stays I think for us. you know, We've got a lot of good tracks coming up next for our cars and hopefully uh, we're running 38 points back so we're still in this and uh, we have a good one.
3: Hey guys, Grace here at Indy Road Course. Um, it was a tough day uh, today. Started seven, had some issues at the start, uh, had a really bad uh, first, second stand. And just throw up our pace a lot. So um, we came home on 10th, which is not terrible, but obviously not what we wanted. So yeah, time to push, push a lot for the last four races we have and gain those points back to try and get the second championship. All right, so race. All right, so race day here at Indianapolis. I think we, you know, it was about diamond limit limitation after what happened yesterday and starting 25th, finishing 11th. I think that's. Uh, a good day you know we we were strong out there we had a good strategy going very long in that first stint and that i think was it's gonna play out really well for us for us for the second half of the race unfortunately that yellow came very badly timed for us because it was just at a point where we were starting to make some gains so it sort of neutralized the field and that advantage we had we would have had for the second half of the race sort of got away from us because of that yellow, so not ideal, but still PLM from 25th is something we need to be happy about. We're still very much in the, in the mix in the championship, and we're going to Nashville uh, where I won last year, where we won last year, so looking forward to that. All right, everybody, we just finished the race here at Indy GP. And unfortunately, this weekend is kind of just unfortunate event after unfortunate event. I mean, in practice, we had some damper issues in qualifying. We had some brake issues. And now in the race, we ended up getting punted on the early laps and then uh, just some unlucky yellows. So, of course, we just can't really seem to get just luck the whole way through a, of, a, of a race. But throughout all of it, we went all the way back to 18th and we, we worked our way back up into the 13th position. So... Basically, from where we started, we lost two positions. It's just, I think we could have been going forward. I think we had a much better car. Um, We uh, ended up having a a break. Well, it was my my fault. I was pushing really hard trying to get around people, and I locked up the front right. uh, And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was so, so much vibration. It was quite funny. If anybody listened on the radio, it's uh, it's definitely some comedy over there. But all in all, I think, uh, you know, with, with all the unfortunate things that happened this weekend, I think we did a pretty good job to overcome it. So I'll see you guys at Nashville.
2: A huge thank you to uh, those fellow uh, drivers there uh, that were able to uh, lend uh, a minute or so to uh, get a comment, get a, uh, uh, you know, uh, remarks there after the uh, race on Saturday. Uh, So before we get to our first guest of the evening, uh, let's take a look at the current point standings here uh, as we are about a handful of races uh, left here in the 2022 uh, NTT IndyCar Series. Uh, as you see the point standings uh, there on your screen, uh, Will Power uh, with 431 points. And then it's Marcus Erickson, Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon, Pato Award, Alex Pillow, Scott McLaughlin, Felix Rosenquist, uh, Alexander Rossi, and Colton Herta, uh round out the top 10. Uh, then it's uh, Renus VK, Graham Rahal, uh, Simon Pagano, Roman Grosjean, Christian Lungard, who finished second this weekend, uh, Connor Daly, David Malukas, who you just heard from there, uh, Elio Castroneves, Takuma Sato, and Callum Eilat round out uh, 11 through 20. Uh, then it's Jimmy Johnson, Jack Harvey, Delvin DeFrancesca, uh, Kyle Kirkwood, Dalton Kellett round out 21 through 25. So uh good uh, good points race for uh, a lot of uh drivers and uh you know uh not so uh point race obviously for uh, uh for some drivers as well. Uh, And like I said, I do see uh, that our first guest of the evening uh, is here joining us. So let me bring this uh, individual uh, in and uh, we will have a little bit of a uh, uh, chat here, Uh, as you see. And as I talked about uh, at the beginning of the show, uh, privileged and honored uh, to be joined by now two thirds of the uh, Indie Boys podcast, which I know uh, people check out on a daily basis. If they don't uh, shame on them, but uh, Christian Greider is uh, joining us and, and Tristan first and foremost, uh, let me say thank you for taking a little bit of time on short notice uh, to uh, carve some time out of your busy schedule, which I know that uh, you have and you <coughs> care, uh, to join us here on uh, push to pass.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's an honor. Uh, appreciated the appreciate that. I get to, uh, come on here. Uh, I've listened to you for a little bit. Ever since Jay was on the show, I've tried to make sure to tune in since. So uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here. I'll see the checks in the mail, the checks in the mail for sure. But
2: uh, first and foremost, uh, before we get into anything uh, a little bit um, can you uh, give our audience a little bit of background on you? And again, if they don't follow you on social media, uh, shame on them because you are a, a great follow indeed. But uh, you know, give us a little bit of background and uh, why uh, you know what what got you into journalism, and specifically what got you into covering uh, open wheel sports.
4: Yeah. So name is Tristan Greider. I'm 21 uh, years old. I've been watching motorsports pretty much my entire life. Uh, my first race i remember tuning into was um i believe it was dover 2004 and there was a nascar race and i picked my favorite driver because he was leading and it uh, was casey kane so ever since then i've kind of been a uh nascar indycar diehard growing up in indianapolis um it's all around you my father was a massive indycar fan so kind of had to be part of that and then uh, became more of a fan of other auto sports, such as uh, sports cars, um, super trucks, and F1 a little bit later in my life. So yeah, I uh, started covering started covering uh, auto sports um, because um, I actually had a class that I had to do a project for in my um Professor asked me if I wanted to do a racing podcast, and I was like, yes, of course, I would love to do that, and so I uh, contacted my high school buddy, Daniel, and uh, he told me about his friend, Jay, um, and we all three decided we were going to start the Indie Boys Racing Podcast in January of this year, and seven months in, uh, it's going pretty strong. We just, we're going to release our 30th episode Tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern on Thursday. Uh, Just got back from IMS on the road course. Uh, Ran into Derek a couple times around there. We watched actually the end of the NASCAR race together. Uh, But, yeah, overall, that's pretty much it. Um, You can follow me on my Twitter uh, at Tristan Grider underscore Instagram, the exact same handle, and Indie Boys Podcast at Indie Boys Podcast. So, yeah. There
2: you go. Yeah, I, I did see that you guys did put out a, a, a tweet here within the hour, you know, talking about how you guys, uh, you know, how you formed uh, this this podcast that has uh, ultimately uh, taken off uh, as as you can see by your uh, subscribers. And, uh, and and such, but uh, talk a little bit about you know we'll we'll talk more um, about uh, you know previewing Nashville this weekend and and recapping uh, the the I, the road course race out at IMS. But uh, interesting ta- uh, uh, caveat: if people don't know, uh, talk about the connections uh, that all three of you have made to the drivers uh, since you've you know you formed this uh, this amazing podcast that you guys do. So.
4: Pretty much, basically, when we were starting the show, uh, we wanted to do it our way. That's always what we've tried to do. We've not tried to like copy people. We don't want to have another sports show. We wanted to do it our way. And that is why we've been able to get some of the connections that we have. We started this show because, for one of the reasons, was because our friends that we followed on Twitter that are in the NASCAR and the IndyCar uh, Twitter community um, have been major supporters of us and they've shared us and they've liked, they've followed, they've shared, as I always like to say, they've showed their grandmas the show and that built us connections to younger drivers. Um, The most popular I would say um, would be IndyCar rookie, David Malukas. Um, We've known him ever since he was back in lights uh daniel um the uh, one host who hasn't been on push to pass uh has um been friends with david for over a year now and we told him i was like when we start the show you got to be our first guest and he was like oh i'm on it and so three weeks into our show we already had an indie car rookie on the show with uh malucas but we've also been able to make connections in the media. Um, one of our good friends through the media is IndyCar, uh, I guess controversial person sometimes, but David Land, uh, he's a really big supporter of us. very nice guy uh, outside of things when he's not tweeting things that he shouldn't be. Uh, but we love that man. Uh, uh, Darian Gilliam with Black Flags Matter covers a lot of NASCAR stuff, big uh, supporter of us. Um, has actually been on our show before, so that was a cool one. And I feel like the main one, the biggest one is actually my good friend, uh, Dalton Kellett driver of the four for, uh, AJ Foyt racing. That man is a living meme and I love him for it. Uh, one of the nicest guys I would say in the product and he has connected us to so many people and has, um, Overall, just been a nice guy, willing to be on the show whenever I ask him, uh, willing for me to make fun of him. Uh, and uh, overall, super genuine guy. But I also got to talk about the connections I'd say with burnout sports. Um, Tony Donahue, Jared Sparkman, and Luke Edwards, they started this thing uh, last year about like, let's make the bar stool, but with racing. And that's what we've tried to do over there. Um, And I feel like we're kind of doing it. And that's kind of like where the young element comes from. Because I mean, I'm 21, right? Like freshly 21. I turned 21 in June. So it's been an experience. Uh, But overall, I'd say just we have that aspect of connecting to our viewers and connecting to younger drivers. Because they're approached by these guys in the media, especially in the media center. These people have been covering auto sports for 50 years and they ask the same questions over and over again. So, something that I feel like garage guys do, um, and something I feel like we do, is we try not to make the interviews boring and we want them to have a good time. And so, I'm not asking them racing questions, I'm asking them things that are genuine to them. Sure, racing has to come up every once in a while. But uh, one of my favorite interview moments I ever had was uh, in our first interview with Malukas. I asked him about jiu-jitsu um, because I am a martial artist and I wanted to know about his jujitsu background and stuff. And it, we went on this 20-minute tangent just talking about martial arts and how the owner of the team, uh, his father, is a black belt in jujitsu. jitsu So you try to take the interviews, I'd say, a little bit away from the racing aspect of things, because they get asked those questions all the time, you'll get better connections, and uh, they tell your teammates about you. Um, other connections, I'd say, we have a lot of indie lights guys on Andretti that listen to the show. Uh, I know Kip and Simpson, uh, freshly driver for HMD, listens to the show every week. Uh, Hunter McElroy and Stingray Rob, uh, Hunter listens to the show as much as he can. I don't know about Stingray, but we're still homies. Um, but yeah, I'd say just connections and, uh, being friendly and treating them as people, not as like people that you see on TV. I'd say that's the biggest thing. Yeah, definitely, uh, you
2: know, watching uh, all three of you, your, your style, I, I think you hit the hit the nail on the head that, you know, obviously you're going to make it uh, about racing, uh, but yet you're going to go on a more, you know, personal uh, aspect, uh, you know, a personal level, and I, and I think you're absolutely spot on with that, and, and I would tell you, first of all, to be 21 again, but um, secondly, I can't believe you would say David Land's controversial, uh, but... What? Um, <laughs> never yeah never i love uh, but, the man for it but oh, oh, he can get absolutely. into some hot water but you know what though if you you know what if you're not uh you know if you're not uh, in hot water you're not doing your job so uh but yeah your 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 style all three of your styles together watching you guys that's one of my uh racing shows that i watch on a weekly basis after finding you guys and and you guys have definitely definitely found your niche and uh definitely uh my advice to you and, and you don't need it but uh, just uh, keep up, keep what you guys are doing because what you're doing is, you know, that's your that's your thing, and uh, don't uh, don't shy away from that uh, any any way.
4: Thank you, I appreciate it.
2: All right, with the, all the sentiments out of the way now, again, checks in the mail. Uh, we, as you said, we were to uh, together this weekend, uh, not only for the IndyCar race on Saturday, uh, but the NASCAR race on Sunday. Uh, interesting, uh, not an interesting finish as much in the NASCAR are in the indie race as NASCAR. Uh, but on Saturday, you know, what was your takeaways? Uh, if, if, if it wasn't for Alex, Alexander Rossi uh, snapping the, getting the monkey off his back, uh, it was a pretty uh, ho-hum race.
4: I feel like we've been saying it all season on our show, at least that there hasn't been a mid Indy car race this whole season. I feel like this was the one that it's like, if you tuned in this week, um, you might not tune in next week. Uh, definitely. Uh, Race for the fans, I would say. If you're already a fan of IndyCar, you know this was coming. Indy Road Course has never really put up the most extravagant, um, I would say, IndyCar races. Um, excluding May, that was just a a hell fest, I guess, um, in May with the rain. But um, I would say that definitely a little bit of a snoozer, I would say. Um, lots of action I would say deeper in the pack not as much up front but without the Rossi win it would definitely have been like a rated lower for me but since Alexander Rossi won his first first race in three years uh, you have to and fun fact I've actually now seen Alexander Rossi's first win with Andretti and I don't want to say his last win but most likely his last win with Andretti
2: wow look at uh, look at that Look at look at you um. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, not as exciting. I think as what the other races uh, have been this year. Uh, I don't. You know what? Outside of maybe you know this one just being you know a little lackluster. Um. And I know you guys have touched on this too. There hasn't been a race that we were like you know that we've watched. We walk away going. You know what? I really don't want to tune in next week. Um. It's been exciting. It's been a roller coaster. And the storylines. The storylines of this year are just uh you know from from alex Pelot to arrow mclaren i mean just up and down you name it uh andretti the uh the squabble that they had uh, earlier this year as well uh but you know it can again congratulations alexander rossi you want to talk about a guy that has he's been on the doorstep this year so many times and it's been one thing after another it was finally nice uh to see him put a complete race together but then we find out later or earlier today, uh that uh, IndyCar may have found a uh a, a, an empty water bottle that uh you
4: know put his car forced his car to be a little bit uh underweight. Yeah, a little crazy. Uh was kinda surprised by that one. They docked him twenty five points. Um not gonna go full Denny Hamlin on him. Uh not gonna take the win away, but um was definitely a surprising uh notification from that. But I don't know, just was very surprised. Um, you don't really see that very often in IndyCar. I mean, as they normally say if you're not cheating, you're not trying, but you don't normally see that in IndyCar. Um, so, yeah, they took 25 points away. They're probably going to find him $25,000. That's normally, they normally do points with money. Um, so, yeah, but as long as they're not taking the win away from him. I don't think they can take the win away from him. Uh it's Wednesday as we're filming this and um he won over half a week ago. So it would be crazy to see if that would Yeah,
2: happen. that would yeah, that would be absolutely absolutely crazy. You're you're right there to to see that. Um speaking of IndyCar NASCAR, are you a fan of the of the double weekends here? And would you like to see more of them? And I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people aren't happy with NASCAR running the road course and they would go back to the oval. If you
4: had the, if you were Doug Bowles, how would you handle this? Well, you see if I was Doug Bowles, um, I'm from Indianapolis. I'm just going to say that really quickly. I'm from Indianapolis I've been to the Brickyard 400 every year since 2008. They've ran the Oval um, from 2000 in my life from 2001 to 2020. And even before that, 1994 to 2020, we were on the Brickyard 400 every single year. The most iconic race I can remember in my life was a Brickyard 400. I miss the Oval really bad. And this weekend, now two great races on the road course for NASCAR. I'm not saying that we should get rid of the Indy road course for NASCAR. I'm just saying I would like to see a doubleheader weekend where we – okay, I'm going to break this down really quick. Friday, I would love to see the trucks and the Xfinity cars – on IRP, I would love to see that. Trucks on IRP was freaking incredible. It was a slip and sliding classic IRP truck series race that Craftsman, that grit and grind of the Ron Hornaday, um, Todd Bodine era. Loved that. Saturday, I want to see uh, IndyCar and the Cup cars on the road course. I want to see that. And then on Sunday, run uh, shorter miles. It doesn't have to be 400 miles run like a quick 200 mile sprint with the cup cars on the oval. I'd love to see that. Um, I think that would be amazing. I think that would be nice for the fans. It would um, make a little bit more extravagant. I would say because 400 miles on IMS in the cup cars is pretty much double the time of what the Indy 500 is. So that's my take. I want to see the oval back. I don't want to see 400 miles again. But with this new car, this next-gen car has turned some boring racetracks into absolute bangers. I don't think I've looked forward to Michigan this much until today. I'm so excited for the cup cars on Michigan. Um, I was not excited for Auto Club this season, and it's my favorite race of the year so far. And I want to see this new car on the oval before it goes away. I just want to see it because this package is too good on these two mile racetracks and these um, ovals that aren't super speedways or short tracks. I just need to see it. And I think it would make some really extravagant and exciting racing. So yes, I want to see the cup cars back on the oval.
2: Now, the only objection that I have to that is my issue would be, is there enough time in between saturday and sunday for construction for taking away whatever would need to be taken away obstruction wise to make the oval accessible that's my only issue
4: yeah i don't know for sure seeing as last year it took them two to remove a curb off of turn five so you know i don't really know if that's in the plans i mean i mean Damn, they had Doug Bulls out there sweeping literally last year. He was there. I watched it with my own eyes, and yeah, that's really all I gotta say. Is there time? I don't know because that cup race would probably end around like five, and then you work non. You have to wait until everyone gets out of the track, so you're probably not starting until nine. It'd have to be a complete overnight thing. You probably won't finish until five in the morning if that indie doesn't have lights. So like. There's no lights on the Pagoda, Bob Pachris. So don't really know. So, so then how would you feel? I know
2: the, the idea is being floated around. Uh, I know next year they're still going to stick to the road course. And then it sounds like potentially after that uh, we're going to go
4: alternate every other year. What do you think of that? Um, I had actually heard until Doug Bulls said that we were doing the road course this weekend, that we were going to the Oval next year. Uh, So, guess something changed his mind, I guess. Um, But originally, I thought the plan was Oval next year, then Road Course, then Oval next year. Uh, But one more year of Road Course, as much as I want to see the Oval again, if it's coming in 2024, it's coming in 2024. Uh, The thing that's going to be sad is that I think Kevin Harvick is retiring uh, next year, and I would have loved to see him try to go for a fourth and tie Jeff. Um, But that's really the only thing. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to the Oval in 24, if that's the case. Um, I'm looking forward to the road course next year because we've had two great races in a row um, on the IMS road course with two guys getting their second career Cup Series wins and AJ Almendinger and Tyler Reddick. So it's getting some young guys or guys that don't win a lot wins in the Cup Series, and I like that. So yeah, works for me. we we'll
2: yeah. say that uh, now.
4: Chase Elliott's going to win next year.
2: yeah can't can't disagree there but you know you you said uh kevin harvick could be stepping away uh if him and kyle
4: bush team up potentially i think kevin sticks around just a little bit longer i think so too but um with the whole situation that's going on at stewart Haas racing eric amarola has said that he doesn't know if he's actually gonna step down or not now i talked to him on uh Friday no Saturday I talked to him on Saturday and um, he was like doors open I always say never say never and I was like okay man and uh, then I talked to Cole Custer and it looks like it won't be Almirola that could be leaving Stuart Haas Racing it could be Custer um, I know what you're thinking guys Cole Custer leaving Stuart Haas Racing when his dad is number three in the company so, no, um, there's always been that rumor that Haas has been wanting out of NASCAR, um, but Custer reportedly could be stepping down and moving to that full-time Xfinity Series ride like he's been rumored to in the last couple of years. Honestly, it might be good for him. Yes, he's the only um, he has a win at Kentucky in 2020, but he only has two top tens this season, one on a super speedway, one last week at Indy. I think Custer should go back to Xfinity for a year. And if they do that, Kyle Busch could be a big contender for that 41. I think they might change the number to the 51 um, just because KBM is his thing. I think we could see a Stuart Busch racing, maybe a Stuart Haas rowdy racing or something like that. I think that'd be cool. Um, I think KB, if that does happen, KBM is going to switch manufacturers to Ford uh, there's a lot of dominoes that need to fall there, but I think that Cuss, he would replace Custer overall because I don't think that Priest is the replacement for Almorola. I think Priest is Harvick's replacement. So you put Priest full-time in the Xfinity Series next season. Um, you could put Herbst in a possible... There's that They have that um, alliance with Rick Ware Racing. You put Herbst, say, in the 15 car full-time next season. If he does good results, possibly move him up to a cup car um, for the big team. But Riley Herbst is putting up results. He's not getting wins. He's getting top fives, though, every week, um, literally every week. And I don't think I've ever said that about Riley Herbst, that I think he deserves a cup ride, but I think Riley Herbst deserves a cup ride, so... I can see that
2: happening. So. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you know, Cole Custer is going to fall under the uh, the moniker what have you done for me lately uh in the same sense that uh sounds like uh Devlin D Francesca could potentially happen in uh, IndyCar as well. But uh getting back to uh to road courses, particularly street courses, uh, we do have uh Nashville uh, this weekend. Uh, big machine music city, uh, grand prix. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? I know this is only the second year of his, of its existence. Uh, what a uh, hell of a first race, uh, just one year ago. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like the, uh, the turns are a little bit more wider. So uh, drivers may be facing just a little bit of a different course, uh, than they did just one year ago.
4: Yeah, I'm really excited for it. Um, one of our first episodes that we actually, uh, did for our podcast, I believe it was the Probably the second episode, Um, Daniel talked all about Nashville and why it was his favorite yet least favorite race of the year. I'm excited for Nashville next week. Um, Haven't really seen as much marketing for it as I did last year. I've actually seen no marketing for it, so there you go. Don't know if they're really pushing Nashville as much this year. Um, Last year we saw the birth of Erickson, and I think that we're going to see the continuation of Erickson next week. However, Colton Herta does. I don't want to say own this racetrack because he crashed into this racetrack, but um, he led 75% of last year's race at Nashville. So I think the 26 could be fast, especially coming off of a bad weekend at Indy. He would want to rebound and do well at a track that he's good at. I could see the eight and the 26 being really good next week. However, this track brought the chaos last year, seeing as I think I saw a car spin into the wall every five laps. I'm expecting... Maybe a little bit less. I'd say maybe every 10 laps uh, you have to have a Jimmy Johnson spin in there somewhere. So I'd say probably that much. Looking forward to this weekend, though. I'm happy that they widened the turns because it was a full-on Nashville traffic in there last year. Um, again, seeing, uh, Erickson flying through the air and then winning with a completely new nose last year was hilarious. And I have that t-shirt somewhere. Uh, but, um, it's the Eric's it's the air Erickson t-shirt, like the Jordan one, but it's his car. Love that shirt. Absolute banger. Um, but yeah, I think that it'll be a good race this year, hoping for a less chaotic race than last year because, guys, doesn't have to be a chaotic race to be a good race is what I always say. Um, so, yeah, that's what my take is on Nashville. Very excited.
2: Yeah, that was actually the the first uh, race I was able to uh, cover a- as part of the media. And, you know, watching that, the, the early stages of that and seeing Marcus Erickson go flying through the air, and you're like, there's no way in hell that this guy's going to end up finishing where he finished. And then you look up towards the end, and, and who's right there? Marcus Erickson. You're like, what? He just he just flew through the air earlier. But, yes, first uh, win. Yeah, absolutely, he did. Uh, so it is definitely going to be interesting. Uh, you know, obviously Alexander Rossi got to be carrying a lot of momentum. I mean, you know, look at the finishes uh, he's had as of late. Uh, you also noted the dominance that uh, Colton Herta had last year as well he has done that at quite a at quite a few races not only last year but this year but it's just you know something has come up to uh, to bite him uh, there at the end uh, and obviously you can't count out uh team Pinsky, all three cars the dominant season that they've had um I don't think you can count them out and I'm also glad to see and I don't know if you've seen this or not but uh Simona D. Sylvester actually got a, a sponsor so she's going to be there uh, this weekend as well so definitely glad to see that
4: yeah, happy that we can get a full 26-car uh, field in there. Uh, still kind of disappointed about the whole situation over at AJ Foyt with uh the 11-car. Uh, not seeing Tati or seeing JR um, on the ovals was uh, really interesting. Uh, hopefully they can get that all sorted out. But very happy for that 16, uh, 16 uh, Peretta ECR team. It's going to be cool seeing them out there.
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely for sure. Glad to see she was able to uh, pick up another sponsor and uh, interested to see how many of the five races, I believe, that we have left uh, that she is going to be uh, entered in. Uh, Tristan, before we get out of here, we got a few minutes left. I know we talked about uh, the project that you and and your other two, uh, uh, Daniel and and Justin, do. Um, Let's talk about that a little bit more. My favorite segment, I have to say, Uh, Outside of the the ongoing humor that goes through the whole show, I love the uh, your picks towards the end. That you guys, it's interesting because you guys just don't focus on IndyCar. You guys just don't focus on NASCAR. You focus on open wheel racing abroad. And and a secret that I haven't told a lot of people, there are like the SRX series. I started watching a little bit of that just because you guys would uh, talk about that and would pick on that. So some of the uh, open wheel stuff that you guys go over, I'm actually taking a peek at not that I, not, not that I know 100% what's going
4: on, um, but I'm actually piques my interest. Yeah. You're like Ryan Hunter Ray. I remember you, right? Uh, But yeah, I feel like the whole predictions thing kind of started about halfway through. We would always make picks because at the beginning of the season, we made preseason predictions and, we would like kind of like show like who we picked in the preseason. I was like, why don't we just like pick people? And so we started doing that and then it became a whole thing. It became kind of like a fantasy football sort of thing. So now like whoever wins at the end of the season is going to get us a special reward that we have not actually revealed what it is yet. Um, So you guys are going to have to find out uh, when the final, uh, when the F1 world championship happens at the end of the season. But um, yeah, it's, it's been fun. I had a, big weekend guys like you don't understand i got i've been behind all season i've had absolute dirt luck it's been not fun taking michael mcdowell every week um and i had a good weekend i got four out of a possible seven points correct we do a point for each of the races um so if we have cup xfinity trucks like we did last week um indycar And then we do three points for the podium correctly on the F1 series. So say Max Verstappen wins like every week. If you pick him, then you get a point. But we also will cover lights. We'll cover um, F2 sometimes. We'll cover SRX back when that was on. Um, So, yeah, it kind of turned into this whole fantasy football aspect. I love it. Uh, I know Daniel loves it. He's still in the lead. Um, But, yeah, very close race. So if you guys want to – Tune in a little bit later to the end of the season. We'll see um, when I'm hoisting uh, my win over everyone. Uh, It'll be exciting. But yeah, I'm glad that you like the predictions uh, because it's it's probably my favorite part of the show as well.
2: Yeah, the only thing that disappoints me is none of you will pick uh, Jimmy Johnson. You'll wave his flag, but you won't pick him. I can't. I can't figure that out.
4: You mean uh, this flag? Yeah. Yeah.
2: uh again again, tristan can you tell people where they can find not only you on social media if they don't follow you already shame on them uh, but where can they find you at and then where can they find uh the podcast at
4: yeah uh you guys can follow me on my social media it's at tristan grider underscore it's the same for everything instagram twitter uh tiktok you guys can follow me there um Follow us on Burnout Sports. You guys can see us there. Follow at Burnout Sports, but also follow us on our Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Indie Boys Podcast. You guys can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, we're pretty much everywhere. So if you guys just want to tune into our YouTube, our YouTube channel at Indie Boys Racing Podcast, you guys can watch us there. We have a show, our show every week on Thursdays, but we also have an F1, uh, my team that Jay does. If you guys are into F1 or into some more career sims, Jay has our Indie Boys autosports team over there. Um, you can check out Jay and uh, F2's uh, Richard sure every week. Uh, that's a good time. Uh, yeah, it, that's pretty much what I do. Uh, I live for certified Dalton Kellett moments, and my name is Tristan Greider, so yeah.
2: Awesome. Uh, again, Tristan, a uh, huge thank you for uh, taking a little bit of time out of your busy schedule uh, to join us here on Push to Pass. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, catch up again uh, down the road. And uh, as I said earlier, uh, you guys uh, keep up what you're doing. You have found your niche and uh, don't let anybody tell you any different. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Derek. It's been, a, been an honor. Fun show. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. See you, buddy. Again, go follow him on social media. Go check him and uh, his crew, Daniel and, and Jay, out on uh, on on their podcast that they do. They do amazing work, and uh, trust me, you will walk away knowing just a little bit more about uh, auto racing than you did going in. Uh, we do have one more segment uh, left, and anybody that has been watching this show uh, from its inception till now knows what that is. It is the man that. Keeps the money train rolling. Uh, Mike from bet. Indy Mike, how are you doing? Good, man. How are you doing? Getting excited to head to Nashville? Actually, absolutely headed there uh, tomorrow afternoon. Uh, Can't wait. I I hope the rain holds off. That's one thing that worries me looking at uh, the, uh, uh, the weather. Uh, but uh, speaking of of racing, uh, I know uh, last weekend uh, Alexander Rossi got the big monkey off his back uh, by uh, winning here in uh, at the road course. I'm not sure if that helped your pocket out at all, but uh, hopefully uh, it's you know somebody. Yeah, it uh,
5: pisses me off a little bit. I've been betting Rossi all year, and he came in second. I think what three times? I don't know. He I uh, had Rossi tickets uh, when he was the bridesmaid and not the bride. Uh, so no, I wasn't on Rossi last week. Uh, you know, it was in a great spot last week. We talked about it on the podcast. Uh, we mentioned VK and Rosenquist. Uh, Rosenquist scored the pole. We had him at twenty-five to one. So that was somebody that we uh, that we tipped on the podcast here before qualifying happened, um, and it worked out great. Uh, I had a, I had the pole sitter. I had him at twenty-five to one. His number went all the way down to two-three to one uh, before the race. That's exactly. You know what I'm looking to do. Um it opened up for me to spend some more cash in other places, such as matchups and top threes. Um so last week actually worked out pretty well because of the match, you know, the matchup bets. Uh the matchup bets in any car, like that's if, if you're truly trying to to you know make a good make some money, um the head to head the matchups offer your best value. It's kind of the best way I can describe it. It's like uh you know in Vegas, Vegas makes all their money the the to win bets are the slot machines, right? You're you're just pulling slot machines. You're more than likely, you know, gonna lose more than you win. You're hoping to hit a couple winners per year. We've done, you know, we've we've had a really good year this year. Uh, but uh, you know, the uh the head-to-head is is the the blackjack table. You know, you got much more of a 50-50 shot um, you know, against against the book there. So last week uh the head-to-head matchups came out uh late Sunday. We talked about them on the spaces. Uh, on burnout bets uh, right before the race and uh, swept the board on those. Had four matchups targeting uh, VK, was most of those, but a couple others, and those were 4 0. Oh, so uh, didn't have Rossi, but uh, got power for a top three bet um, and uh, ended up sweeping the matchup. So ended up being a profitable week
2: yeah I can't imagine how frustrating it is to uh, you know put money on rossi. he continues to get second 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 and then the week that you don't put money on him you know by God he uh, he comes across first I, I can't imagine how how frustrating that was on a Saturday afternoon for you.
5: Yeah well, it, well I had the the Rosenquist money uh the 25 to one ticket. I was really pulling for that 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 really wasn't much of a sweat. he went backwards right away uh you could tell right away. Uh, that it was you know Herta and Rossi were the class of the field uh, up front. So uh, I was spent most of my time watching that race, looking at the the matchup bets I had, watching BK. I would have loved to see VK get up in the top three. He was working his way up, um, had a couple of issues, um, but uh, yeah, it was a, a little frustrating for Rossi to do that for me. But hey, that's that's uh, that's part of that's part of the deal. That's part of gambling. He's you know he's that's part of the reason we didn't bet him is because he just can't seem to win. I was just waiting for him to. I was waiting for something Rossi to happen to him, and it just uh, it, it finally didn't. So he might be a guy, though. Uh, we're taking a peek at this week, though.
2: Yeah, speaking of this week, uh, IndyCar, as you mentioned, is in Nashville now. My, my first question is, Mike, and I've asked you this on other tracks as well. You know, only having one year's worth of, of data, and, and Marcus Erickson winning last year kind of a you know a fluke, as you noticed earlier in the race that year. Uh, he flew in the air. You know, he was Air uh, Air Erickson, uh, but uh, ends up he uh, one now. How difficult is it for you um, when doing research when you only have one year of data? Is there another track, uh, street course rather, that you find that is, you know, c- configuration-wise uh, sets up like Nashville?
5: Uh, so not – at least we have something, right? So the handicap this week and the research this week is one – Uh, This is kind of like the rain, the the Indy race, the Indy Road Course race uh, with the washout. Um, This was what this race was last year. I'm I'm tossing out the race last year. Um, The race was won. Erickson, you know, he went fine in the air. He had to go off strategy, and he got super lucky uh, that the yellows fell his way. I mean, the guy had seven pit stops and won an Indy car race. That like that was a huge outlier. Uh, I don't I don't function in outliers. So when it comes to betting my own money. Um, I'll I'll take that as the, you know, one in every 25 races, something like that happens. Uh, So honestly, I focused on looking at practice and qualifying times, uh, specifically the qualifying for that race, Um, because I'm again, I'm trying to nail who's going to qualify at the top who did well. So I was, I did look at that, uh, you know, I looked very closely at qualifications and practice times, also some of the splits during the race, uh, to see who was turning fast lap times during the race. Uh, You can't you can't handicap the strategy in the yellows um, when those are going to happen. That's just gambling. That's just racing. Uh, that's going to happen. Um, you know, Like I said, nine times out of ten, the guy that goes flying in the air and starting in the back of the pack is not going to win the race. It does happen, uh, which back to your question about the tracks, this reminds me of St. Pete. If you recall, um, we had a winner from the dead last twice in St. Pete. Uh, St. Pete's only got one or two passing zones. Otherwise, it's tight, and these guys are going to be throwing each other in the walls. Uh, if they try to pass where they shouldn't. So reminds me a little bit of St. Pete. I will look, you know, obviously I, you look at the other street courses as well as comp courses, but, uh, again, this, this, this race, this track, um, it's just like Iowa and I, I for Iowa, I was staring, you know, not, not obviously street versus oval, but I was staring at new garden for, from the, from the beginning of the year, I had a big stars next time I'm in a bet new garden in Iowa worked out swimmingly nailed that four to one bet. Uh, made a bunch of money in Iowa. Iowa was still the most profitable race I've had all year, right next to the 500. Um, so this is the same thing. I had big stars next to Colton hurt hurt should have won the race. He put it in the, he should have, he almost beat Erickson even after all the crazy strategy. He was right there and then he put it in the wall. Um, you know, so who, who knows if he would have caught him or not, but, uh, but, but is the guy. Um, I might not even, uh, bet anybody else, but Hurta pre, pre-race. Um, so the question is going to be what kind of number, um, and the, the sports books put out on it. We were there was some banter back and forth on Twitter. I put, I put it out there, you know. My hope was four to one or better, uh, kind of like New Gardner was at Iowa. But who knows? Herta crashed out, Herta's not topping the points. The sports books don't pay attention like we pay attention. Um, that's our advantage. So, um, now they will get if they start taking the second, then the, if they put a big number out on Herta, uh, say seven to one, eight to one. People are going to bet that, uh, that are paying attention, like myself and other people who, who bet IndyCar. Um, and that number's quickly going to fall. So you're going to have to be quick if they do make a mistake. Uh, but they may make a mistake and give us a bigger number. And I think, you know, Hurt is obviously the class of the field.
2: Yeah. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, that was, uh, last year, that was, uh, Hurt race to win. I know you, you know, you mentioned throwing that out the window, but yeah, Herta dominated that, and uh, he just got—you uh, know—something jumped up and bit him, like Forrest Gump. Uh, seems like that happens a lot to uh, uh, to Herda. Now there are a few changes, and I don't know if you you were aware, there are a few changes to the uh, at Nashville uh, course this year. I think they're widening the turns a little bit, and then the uh, restart zone is a little different as well. Does that change your uh, thinking at all? No, might be a couple more passing
5: zones. It might, it might change, you know, again, like always, we'll, you know, keep an eye keep an eye on the practice times, see if they're similar. always kind of look at practice times from the year before um, when they have that first practice and kind of compare and contrast a little bit to see if something's different. Uh, I think they're, you know, these guys are turning 114, 115 laps. So maybe if we see that all of a sudden drop dramatically, you know, that may change my thinking either, maybe uh, putting in a few more bets pre qualifying you know, besides her the guys that popped out to me, you know, I might be looking to grab like a top three for Dixon. Uh, he was strong here. And then I mentioned earlier, Rossi, Rossi was pretty quick here last week. He rolled off quick. and, you know, all the, the two injury cars were fast, but Rossi, maybe, you know, maybe when it rains, it pours or that wind kind of frees him up. Uh, and, uh, and he puts it, he puts it together for the rest of the year. Who knows? So, um, you know, if Rossi gets, gets put out there at a, 10 11 12 to one he probably won't because he just won um he may even be lower odds than Herta, uh depending on what the book sports books put out there we'll see um probably tomorrow morning afternoon when we start to see numbers come out but uh it all depends on the number of course but Rossi Dixon the other two guys next to her I'll be looking at but yeah we'll see if the track changes change anything I don't I don't think I think it just changes maybe uh the number of cautions we have uh, we had a lot last year. I think the drivers kind of made that note. It was kind of a trial trial there. If you look back at the replay, I mean, they were, they were having a hard time. Uh, there was no such thing as too wide anywhere. And, and even that they were there having trouble making, you know, heard of hurt and had nobody near him when he
4: crashed.
2: Yeah. The only other two uh, drivers that I don't think you've mentioned, you mentioned new garden, which, you know, as you said, you know, he's almost an automatic, it seems like, uh, but the other two Penske drivers that have had great years as well. Uh, would you put a favorite as uh, Will willpower and or Scott McLaughlin as well?
5: Yeah, look, I love Penske. Uh, they're most prepared team in my opinion, as, as we heard, the details matter uh, went viral a couple, a little a couple days ago. That was funny. Um, but he's right. Uh, that's, 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 you know, Penske's strong on road courses. Obviously I mentioned St. Pete, McLaughlin won there, uh, Detroit will, um, you know, so, um, yeah, I'll, it'll, it'll depend on what numbers are put out there for those guys and how the sports books kind of put it out. Do they put, you know, power right next to Herda in that four to one range. If that's the case, I probably got to pick one before qualifying. Uh, but after qualifying, if you know, the, the Penske cars did struggle here a little bit last year. So we'll see. Um, We'll have to kind of keep an eye on it, watch and see, see what numbers get put up and maybe wait till after qualifying to kind of pounce on those guys. But, yeah, I expect them to be strong they're You know, if if the sportsbooks want to they they continually give me power at at 10, 11, 12 to one. I'll I'll always take that um, with with the guy who's the qualifying king, just because I think the number is going to get worse. And I don't mind having power tickets in my pocket uh, come race day.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Mike, I know, obviously, we're not going to have information lines of that nature uh, till tomorrow, uh, probably around the afternoon or sometime. Uh, I know you'll tweet that out right away for people that don't already follow you. uh, And uh, again, shame on them if they don't. Uh, Where can they follow you at? And then is there any talk uh, this weekend uh, of another uh, uh, spaces for uh, burnout sports?
5: yeah um so at at indy underscore bet um you can also follow the at burnout bets channel i usually tag them and everything um and then yeah tony and i will probably do a burnout bet spaces channel we've been doing those um usually the day before the day of qualifying we're probably gonna do one friday night friday evening uh so keep an eye out for that we'll send that out uh, on the twitter uh, channels and and give the information on when that's going to be and then we'll probably get one in pre-race so um we'll probably have one on what we've been doing one sunday and that's really you know Sundays where we have the final lines uh we start to see matchups come out um and uh we have you know we have a better full betting board coming up uh, before the race so probably sometime around lunchtime on sunday a couple hours before the race uh when we have all all the uh information available to us and we have all the betting lines available to us
2: Mike, uh, good stuff, as always. Uh, go check him out, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk about a week or so. Uh, good luck uh, on your uh, bets this weekend.
5: Yeah, man, have a good time. Enjoy yourself. I wish I was there. I think uh, it's going to be on the list of places to go in the, in the future here. So uh, enjoy yourself, and uh, good luck.
2: Yep, yeah, thank you. Hopefully we'll be able to uh, see you in the future then. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, and that was Mike from Bet Indy Car. Go check him out. Uh, If you want to win some scratch, I would highly suggest checking him out. On Twitter. So uh, that about wraps it up here from the Push to Pass uh, podcast. Like I said, just a reminder uh, earlier in the show, as I said, uh, we will be at uh, the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix uh, this weekend in Nashville. So uh, make sure you are locked in, stay locked uh, to uh, Push to Pass on social media and things of that nature uh, for race updates. Uh, in-race updates and everything in between as you see all of the uh, social media sites rolling down there at the bottom of your screen. A uh, huge thank you to the uh, the drivers uh, that we were able to uh, speak with uh, following the road course race on Saturday. Uh, also again, huge thank you to Tristan Greiner of of the Indie Boys podcast go check him out on social media go check out the uh, work that the Indie Boys do on their podcast YouTube and wherever else you get your podcasts from and then also again huge thank you uh, to Mike of Bet Indie Uh, if you're looking to win some scratch this weekend uh, definitely pay attention to what he and everyone over at uh, uh, Burnout Bets is putting out on social media as well so uh, that does it for this week's episode Uh, huge thank you to every everyone that, uh, will tune in and, or watch and, or listen. Uh, you guys are the ones that make this possible. Uh, if you are at the Nashville race this year, come up and say hi and, uh, tell me how much you enjoy this show and how you would like to see it get better down the road. So for Derek Vance of the push to pass podcast, we will see you in the next video.